0: Welcome to another broadcast of Mindset 2022, a program of Spotlight on Hope, produced by Success Stories Incorporated, and sponsored in part by Episode Motion Pictures. I'm Tom McNulty. Thanks for joining us again today. Great to have you with us on Mindset 2022. In 1988, I moved to Buffalo, New York. And uh, you're right, I'm going to be talking about the Buffalo shooting and all of its implications. Uh, I've been here ever since. Lived in Western New York community for quite some time. And so Buffalo has got a very special place in my heart. These are my neighbors, my friends, my people, folks that I've interacted with. I know the neighborhood. I know Jefferson Street. I've worked a lot with the religious communities there. I've worked in law enforcement, I've worked in behavioral health, which has been the majority of my work. So I understand the community in ways that you might not expect, and that people from outside of Buffalo find a little hard to fathom. What we found hard to fathom is that someone would come in from outside of our community and murder Premeditated murder of some of the most wonderful people, some of the most giving, caring souls you would ever want to meet, who were killed in many cases in acts of kindness. They were helping other people, they were loading cars with groceries, they were shopping for a birthday cake, they were getting food for a food pantry. They were helping members of their community and their church. These were some of the real pillars of strength in that immediate community. And to have this racist, white supremacist come in from Broome County, which is a good three hours from Buffalo, to intentionally murder wonderful people, is difficult to fathom and difficult to understand and very difficult to live with. Uh, The trauma associated with the shooting will live on in this community for quite some time. But what has helped us here in Western New York is there was no violent reaction. There was violent rage. There was violent anger, but there was no violent action. People came together from all aspects of the community, schools, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, other churches, businesses, restaurants, uh, cab drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers. Um, So many people brought clothing for those that would be attending funerals. There was help with the funerals. Funeral parlors up here were amazing in helping families cover the cost of funerals. So in every way imaginable, the true sense of the Buffalo community came out in a very positive way and in a very loving way. I'm very proud of my community and how they responded. But what irks me and what really destroys that sense of hope in the future is when people spew things like hateful replacement theory nonsense and stupidity from idiots who are seeking political Kodak moments on television and radio and don't think for a minute of the idiotic things that they're saying. This was clearly a racist act. It was clearly supported by other white supremacist organizations around the United States this individual sought his information and his hate energy from sources like that. So I'm echoing what has already been said by many people, but it needs to continue to be said in order to shut down the political forces in our country who are spewing this hatred of anyone who is different, anyone who is different whether you're a different ethnicity, race, gender, if you're gay, the hate that has been cultivated in the last few years and has hit uh, epidemic proportions across our country is giving platforms to people who don't deserve to be heard because of the hatred in their voice, the hatred in their heart the hatred in their soul, and the hatred in their history, their own history of hate. This individual from Broome County also had clear signs of serious violent behavior in his activity at 17, in his torture and killing of animals, which most people know Any child that gets involved with torturing animals, killing animals, and gets joy out of that, obviously has some very serious mental illness that is being ignored, brushed aside, um, written off as, oh, it's all part of growing up, it's just a kid. You know, none of that stuff buys any sympathy, from me or from anyone with any common sense when that person goes on to commit brutal murder. The problem I have is the people in Broome County and the mental health arena and and the school and the parents, and you have heard me talk in the past about parental responsibility. There was no parental responsibility with this individual If you don't know that your child has body armor, weapons that are used in the military, uh, magazines full of bullets that are only meant for multiple destructive shootings, these are not hunters. Don't give me that line of nonsense that people with AR-15s are hunters. They're not hunters. They're hunters of human beings. They're hunters of hate. And the Broome County systems failed this individual, failed to intercede, failed to have a meaningful psychiatric evaluation, which is not done in a day. He was apparently smart enough to know how to beat the people who were smarter than him in assessing his mental status. But they didn't give the full battery of examination that is generally accepted as the guidelines for a comprehensive assessment. Meaning that anyone who starts to exhibit violent behaviors as a child needs to have an intervention by a professional who does a comprehensive assessment that includes a physical, to make sure there's nothing physical going on with that individual, which also should, should include a neurologic exam to so make sure there's nothing going on in the brain, which now in behavioral science, we know the role the brain plays in our behaviors, in our addiction issues. So neurology is a critical comp- component now of a, of a comprehensive evaluation. We have to... Uh, our access, the availability of psychological testing, which has been around a long time, and scientifically, and in a very clean, clear-cut metric fashion, will let you know if an individual has certain behavioral illness tendencies or sociopathic or psychotic tendencies, tendencies to hurt, to deceive, manipulate. They can tell if you're a narcissist. So all of these things were available on top of the opportunity to interview the parents, interview neighbors, interview people at the school. And most of that was not done. And so he was released. And people were talking about how the school had to take him back. And that's not true. Why would a school take a, a threatening child who talked about a murder-suicide plot, who beheaded a cat, whose mother gave him a shoebox to bury the cat. Why weren't the people in school more involved in turning him back into the behavioral evaluation system for further analysis? The criteria was clearly there. Murder-suicide plot, torturing animals, carrying a high-powered military weapon, AR-15, at age 18? What parent endorses a child getting that kind of heavy artillery? And that's what it is. It's artillery meant to kill. There's nothing target practice about this. This was meant to kill, and that's why he bought it, and that's why he bought as many bullets as he did. What parent doesn't pay attention to that and be alerted by that and be concerned about his obsessions with hate and replacement theory and his sources of information on the internet. I've often said, and I'll say it again in this case, to know your child is to know your child's bedroom, what's in there, what they treasure, what they post on the wall, what they keep as prized possessions. To know your child is to know where they go, have conversations with them, talk to them about these things. But perhaps these parents share that racist posture, that white supremacist posture, that hateful belief in replacement theory, that somehow, even though we are all immigrants, we are all immigrants, for God's sakes. Look back in every one of your histories. You came from somewhere else. To think that we're being replaced is just another avenue to be hateful. And so I'm alerting all of you to take a position on this. Talk to your legislatures, talk to your neighbors, talk to your religious leaders about how we stop this hatred and turn to the kindness that the people in Buffalo who were the victims, their community is a victim, whether they were shot or not. The community is a victim because the trauma lingers. The fear of children lingers. The fear of those employees who worked at the Topps market. On top of survivor guilt and trauma, imagine the first responders, the officers and the EMTs who arrived and what they walked into. Imagine the employees who thought, there's something else I could have done. There's something I should have done. Why didn't I do more? I could have saved some lives. Believe me, those things linger in their minds for quite some time, unless they get ongoing professional help. And this is not the clinic set up across the street type of care which is meant to take some of the heat off those who are immediately suffering from pain and bewilderment about what happened and are lost and are grieving. That's very important that they have access to that. But the real healing that will allow someone to have some semblance of a life going forward is when they... Acknowledge the trauma they're still feeling, the fear they still have, the uneasiness they get when they drive by that store or go inside that store. Just being in that parking lot, knowing four people were shot, three were killed in that parking lot, is an image that you don't have to have witnessed it to know that it took place there. You don't have to have been shot yourself to feel the pain. And there is a lot of pain. But hatred causes pain, doesn't it? Why don't we acknowledge that? That that kind of hatred has no place in our society. Hatred is only meant to hurt, to bring someone down, not to lift them up, not to extend a hand. But to find fault with someone where there is no fault. They're just as much human beings as any one of us. They deserve life and happiness, joy, love, laughter. But you know what? That was in evidence in Buffalo. That's been in evidence in Buffalo and all of Western New York. That's why we are the city of good neighbors, because we do reach out to each other. And all of you who are listening to this show, you saw how people in Buffalo respond to each other. From far away to people who used to live here, who came back or sent gifts of support or financial support or made arrangements for things to be delivered. I was so taken by the woman who said in an interview with one of the national media That what needs to happen is our children need to be taught at a very early age about being different, being a different race, and how to celebrate being different. That our country was built on everyone having differences, but a common love of the country, a common love of the neighbor. And it's those differences that make us the United States of America. And what ended up happening is the people who heard that interview sent thousands of books. There was actually a photo of her front door where she lives. And there was nothing short of 150, 200 boxes, many from Amazon, because you could tell by the, the uh, swoosh from Prime Amazon Prime. All books, wonderful books. That's how people respond. That's love. That's not hatred. No one sent documentation on replacement theory. How stupid. Why are we allowing the politicians who spew this hatred and spew this racist posture and spew Hateful replacement theory. Why are they still in office? And why aren't you doing something about it? Take a stand. Have a voice for the victims, for yourself, for your belief in your country, your belief in love and kindness for one another. There is no room for hate. There's a lot of room for behavioral health intervention improvement. That's for damn sure. And this is not only in Buffalo. We've seen the research that shows that many of the shooters over the many years of shooting since Columbine had a history of being failed by the behavioral health system. They fell through the cracks. There were many opportunities for many of them to have had caring intervention, a proper evaluation, and a treatment plan that would take them from their dark place and their evil thoughts into a place of hope and harmony and peace and love and citizenship. It has to be done by the people who know this work in behavioral health. But it's not being done. Let's face it, it's not being done. And no stigma-busting campaign, no mental health month, no mental health week, no yellow ribbon, blue ribbon, pink ribbon, green ribbon, orange ribbon is going to be the panacea for the troubled and disturbed minds that are out there that can be salvaged, can be redirected if the behavioral health community and the funding sources do something about it. But that's what we have to rely on. We have to build a stronger confidence in our behavioral institutions to step up and do a complete job, not a part-time job, not half an evaluation, a comprehensive evaluation, You have a life standing in front of you that is slowly slipping away. Do something about it. Call someone who has the professional knowledge and experience to give you proper guidance if you are concerned about someone you love who is engaged in hateful behaviors, horrible websites, posters in their room, or even talks about buying guns, Kevlar vests, and attack gear. I mean, think about it. What person needs to have full body armor? Hunters don't. So why are these people being allowed at such an early age, or any age, to buy what has historically been reserved for military and law enforcement. There's no reason why John Q. Public needs to have a complete body armor, an AR-15, and enough magazines to wipe out an entire shopping mall, grocery store, or school. And if you know someone who is tinkering on slipping through the cracks. If you know someone who has had repeated trouble in school, is isolated, sullen, sad, depressed, fixated on killing and torturing animals, you've got someone in front of you who needs a lot of help. Don't fail them. Thank you for listening today to Mindset 2022. It wasn't an easy session. It wasn't easy for me. It wasn't easy for our community. But it needed to be said. Thank you. Stand up for something. Because if you don't stand up for something, as Winston Churchill said, you stand for nothing. Until next time. Thank you.